3: The Square Ball Podcast.
4: Hello, welcome to Propaganda brought to you by Levi Solicitors. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan, Michael, and Moscow with you as we do the show where we find out what's been said about Leeds United by you and by the opposition. Available both in your podcast app and on YouTube. So, first half of the show, we'll get the uh, the Leeds United fan opinion, we'll take the temperature at Elland Road and we got RTSB Plus member feedback on the match ball and the game in general against Man City. This is the stuff that they picked out. Oh, how was your bank holiday
5: weekend? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, it wasn't great. Saturday was the only bit that went to plan. Did it? At Elland Road, yeah.
6: Yeah, I suppose we did
5: anticipate defeats, didn't we? Yeah, it's been the weird thing about kind of the fallout from this is that Leeds just did what they were going to do lose to Man City I had that sneaking feeling that maybe we would just do something stupid and win but we didn't so I wasn't surprised but it's um it's Burnley and Everton who should be to blame but they don't seem to be copying the, the heap
4: So what are the general reflections on the game then how do we feel about it well the feedback mixed as it always is we were too positive we were probably too negative what can you do look at the gap in quality and I think the obvious starting point is probably feels bad man says I just want someone to tell me it's all going to be okay it might not be.
6: I'm not here to tell you that. My,
4: I was going to say, if you're coming to Michael for that, you've, um, you've chosen else? the wrong person.
5: It's swinging so wildly though, isn't it? Like after the Watford game, you specifically, Michael, were telling me that we were up and I was on going, mm. I think it's a little bit early for that. And now everybody, probably you included, is saying we're definitely down. <laughs> I'm still like, I just think it's a little bit early for that.
6: No, it is. There's a lot of games to, left to play. And, um, you know, a few weeks ago, no one saw, Burnley winning all these games. No.
5: But obviously we won't do it. And they can't keep it up. Everton as well. And Everton have got to start playing away as well. That's true. They've got to go to Leicester and get something. <laughs> have you made your peace with it yet though? I think that's the point
4: I reached out over the weekend. I was like, this is out of our control, so I just need to kind of go with it now.
6: I wouldn't say I've made peace with it. No. It's, it's bothering me on a, a minute by minute basis. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I woke up, I think it was 5.15 this morning thinking about it. It's... but <laughs> The, the nearest it's been in recent years is the the kind of championship collapse of which we did turn around. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a positive example, but where you were like, we, we've fucked this, we've absolutely gone. There's nothing we can do. We're having another year in this league. Mm-hmm. And this feels like we're not having another year in this league. It's a miserable thing, isn't it? <laughs> There's no two ways about it. I, I was
4: really, really down in the dumps over the weekend thinking about this, but... Then I think I also reached the bargaining stage of grief as well, where you think, oh, well, th- this could take twists and turns. Yeah, there's more road in this race. Yeah, I, I certainly don't think it's done. Well, it feels like it, doesn't it, when it's taken such a, a negative swing? Because I mean, we'll do the relegation watch stuff over on the, the main weekly show, but we are now the favourites out of the three to go down. So statistically speaking, the algorithms all reckon it's us. Maybe this is just what we need. Maybe this is the rocket that we need.
5: If Everton lose their game in hand, though, then that completely changes. So it's I know it's out of our hands in that respect but they do have to win that game because otherwise they're still below us and then we just have to match them and if Everton can beat Chelsea we can both beat Chelsea don't know who Arsenal are haven't (laughs) done for years and Brentford and Brighton aren't our friends but when it comes down to it maybe we can there are no friends in this league there are no
4: friends in this league but the thing
5: um I mean this is more for relegation watching the thing but those like the supercomputer keeps predicting a different thing every week basically because the table keeps changing and what it tends to predict is that you're very likely to stay where you are and then things change and that's the new prediction. So I don't know. We don't play till Sunday, do we? No, I feel, I feel quite stoic about it. I think
4: that's the word. If I could attach one word to it, it's stoic. I mean, cause Joe is saying in the comments here, we actually played well, fuck me, this league, pile of dick, which is about,
5: <laughs> it's about the size of it, isn't it? We did play well to a point, And I heard, I think it's Gary Neville, um, our good friend, and uh, the the paper merchant was saying that, uh, play like that, they'll stay up, play like that, they'll stay up. And there is something to that. We really needed to play like that against Crystal Palace. That's why I'm kind of bemused, not bemused, but losing 4-0 to City was kind of um, expected. But the reaction is kind of like a hangover from Palace, where everyone kind of went, well, good point, but it wasn't a good point in the end, because we, knew we couldn't beat City. Yeah, I will say that the um, the decision to not go for it against Southampton,
4: if that's the case, now looks bad, doesn't it? And to offer nothing going nothing going forward against uh, Palace, yeah, makes you think, hmm, wish we maybe we tackled that slightly differently. I and mean, just go to the, the top comment that we've got on the sheet from Costa Blanca, who says, this is under the We Were Too Positive uh, banner. I know why you guys had the reaction you did after being in the stadium, but if you look at it logically, we can't create chances, we still can't defend set pieces, and we didn't have a shot on target until the 90th minute yes it was Man City without De Bruyne and Silva but the Palace game wasn't exactly free-flowing either and um, with the fixtures left and looking at Everton's I don't see how we survive Michael?
6: <laughs> yeah like, I don't either um, I think the performance was it was better than than Palace and we did create more than we did against Palace weirdly which given Man City are an infinitely better team we should consider to be a good thing and there was a bit more we did discover some width in the game as well which while it was still narrow in certain ways and Rafinha playing it right back is a bit weird. That is a positive, I would say. How we take that onto the next game is it's hard to say because teams set up in in very different ways. And Man City do play a very open style. In the I guess knowing that even if we scored, they could probably still just score four. And I didn't get the impression they had they were pushing themselves to the absolute max.
5: Mm. Yeah, they, I don't want to be an XG merchant, but it was one point two for us, two point seven for them. And if it had finished three one, that probably would have been a mm. fairer reflection of the game. And again. I said this under Bealson and saying I'll take out the set pieces and we're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we didn't yeah. uh, we didn't conceive. I watched the game back and we probably were not as good as I thought we were. Costa Blanca's right that kind of coming out of the stadium with the the atmosphere that was generated and the way it felt in the room had some momentum. And then just kind of after the uh, Everton Chelsea game, sitting and watching it again and kind of waiting for this the good bits I remember to happen and being like ah. Yeah, yeah, but the, the good bits great, but but... the good
4: bits were undetectable. It was it was shape more than anything. Like we mm-hmm. looked a lot better defensively, I thought. Like the shape oh, we, made a lot more sense. The bits
5: I remember that were good were the end of the first half when we attacked and City started making loads of mistakes and it was almost it was like the and the pressing we were promised that we're gonna be turning over the ball high, running at them, attacking, trying to create chances. And then a bit of that the end as well. I thought Click was offside for when he crossed for Joffey, but I don't think he was. Um, So that would have counted. And then Dan James drilling around the keeper like uh, Prime Van Basten and just um, having it cleared offline. So we had those good moments. And yeah, I think one of the things um, tactically that was kind of good about the day was we played a different formation.
6: And that's good. I think the inevitable comparison is with the game earlier in the season as well when it felt like Man City had a chance roughly every five minutes in it and they were just, every time they got it, they just completely strolled through us. Whereas they didn't in this, it did require set pieces. And I'm trying to think, other than the late goals, which they, they obviously added,
4: they didn't have many chances, did they? Well, no. let's, I just want to pick up on the on the comments that Guardiola made in the wake of this, because a number of people suggested the tactics are still not right. Picking up on the kick and rush and all that kind of stuff. It feels like that's going to be built on the shape though first, doesn't it? Because I was, I was impressed by the shape. But just on Guardiola's comments, he was saying that Leeds were not a, as aggressive as they normally are. Now I wonder, does he mean pressing there? Because like, we weren't pressing from the front, for example, like Rodrigo kept dropping off.
5: Just in general, I think I think it was an interesting contrast to Marsh before the game saying that we're going to be aggressive and pesky and all that kind of stuff. And then Guardiola's afterwards is like, well, they used to be more aggressive when they we're losing 7-0. I think that kind of relentless all-out attacking thing gets characterised as a aggression. But then he does also say we, we suffered a lot in the first half for the last 20, 25 minutes. I wonder if there's a... Was it Burnley that they beat be 4-0 and then he was like, wow, Burnley, wow, what a performance. So there might be, there's always a bit of that to take into account with um, Pep. But moving to the three at the back, just, I know it, we've had a long time of kind of imposing our game on others. And what we would not seen yet with Marsh was, although he always sort of tends to the same tactics and the same style, he will throw in a different formation. And this is the first time we've really probably seen that of him going, right, that team's going to play like this. So we're going to do three at the back with wing-backs, and I didn't not like it. I can't can't be more positive about it than that because we lost 4-0, but I did not not like it. And it also, it bodes well that we can adapt. You know, we've got a week for Arsenal, so if you've got a big idea for Arsenal who are infinitely more beatable, then maybe we'll be on the pitch and there'll be something different in the the team sheet. Well, passing the ball to each other would help.
4: Which side of the fence do you fall on with these comments then? So Johnny Beer said, one of the good things about this game was that we actually passed the ball to each other, that we looked like we had some idea what we were supposed to do. House of Stouts on the other hand says there were parts of that game where we did make City look stretched. The passing though felt as bad as the Palace match.
6: I thought it was definitely better, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe it's my expectations that that were have changed between the two games. But there were definitely we created chances in this game in a way that we didn't against Palace. The shot on target was a fairly weak Gelhart effort right at the end, wasn't it? Against Palace, and then was the one other I can't remember. But in this, there was Dan James going around the keeper. There was Rodrigo going through on goal and I saw the moment where he should have passed mm. and he should have passed. Awful to watch. He was, was so open for him, wasn't it? it was, and you know, you can see It exactly. wasn't even a difficult pass, was it?
5: No, and Rafinha would have, oh, let's not talk about it. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and then there was the Gellhart one, which was Save Edison's legs late on as well. So mm. there, were, there were some genuine chances in this one and passages of play where you could say we did create something. Somebody you,
4: uh, one of your, your fellow kinsmen, Michael, sinking feeling uh, Rodrigo is back to his awful self the lack of conviction in that early chance was pathetic very slow looking money yeah maybe it's just one of those things they ain't quite got up to the speed of the game yet like three minutes in your brain's not 100% on Dan
6: James would have sprinted through the middle and put it wide mm-hmm. well on Dan James <laughs> TJ said Dan
4: James doesn't start up front for the first time in God knows how long and that ball breaks in the third minute that would be ideal for his pace I mean he'd still likely have missed but I think that just about sums up how it's going right now.
6: He might have at least been fast enough to get beyond the defence and cut it back to Rafinha, who could yeah. have scored,
4: or have
6: just
5: seen the pass or massively overhit it.
6: <laughs> I mean, we have, in fairness, we have been calling for Dan James not to play up front, and he didn't play up front.
5: Hmm. I'd put him back in now. Actually, <laughs> I'm kind of I'd, I'd be intrigued by a a Rodrigo drop, but I don't know if Marsh can do that because he's banged on about him being a great human being and leader and all this kind of stuff week after week. But who do we play up front then? Dan James. Or Joffe, Sam Greenwood. One or the other. But um, I, I sort of feel like Rodrigo's lack of pace and not making the best of that chance just, just make me think like maybe Dan James was the, the better option. On overhitting things, I think some of the stuff going forward, we kept passing to Rafinha as if he's still on the wing and he's not on the wing. So we just kept booting the ball past him, either out for a or he has to go wide. So there's stuff like that that's still not right. And we had one, there was one tactic that seems to be repeated in the first half but well, we kept asking Stuart Dallas to do like a back heel spinning flick into midfield. Ailing would kind of chip it forward and then he's supposed to kind of flick it with the side of his boot into the centre circle where Click or Rodrigo would get on it and do something, but it's such a difficult thing to do. I didn't know how that was ever going to work, but we kept doing it like three or four times. So it seems to be like we've rehearsed trying to do the most difficult manoeuvre through City's midfield mm-hmm. possible. Um, and then obviously we didn't like Dallas departed.
4: Well, the uh, the striker well. conundrum. The striker conundrum is identified by Philip, who, to give him his full name, Philip. Back to being bloody worried. In brackets, uh, we so absolutely need Bamford. A mm-hmm. fair chance Rodrigo will play nine, and James will be wide in the next games. Maybe James will play wing back this time. Let's talk about wing backs then, and
5: Rafa. Well, let's yeah. talk about um, strikers. Okay, Philip mentioned strikers. Bamford back on the training pitch this week, if Jesse Marsh is to be believed. Is there back in the treatment room in another week? Is there a hero set to rise against Arsenal? Might be a bit too soon, but can we afford to wait? Just wrap his. If Lee Chapman can play with a broken face in 1991, nothing has changed since then in terms of player <laughs> safety. Probably not enough. So just wrap Bamford's foot in Vaseline, bandages, plastic, whatever to Ma- Magic keep it sponge, together. Yeah. Magic sponge in the boot, get him his special orthodontic. Boots, everything he needs. <laughs> Dentist boots. Yep. <laughs> We're going with everything. Just throw everything oh, up, dear. put him on the pitch. Because when he played the first half against Norwich, that's probably some of the best we've done. Under Marsh and then against Wolves. Although obviously I mean we realised later that his foot was falling to pieces moment by moment, but he had that big chance that he just put wide in the first half. But we looked more dangerous with him playing. So get Bamford back in the team and we win all our last four games. Six nil with Rafa it, supplying him from right back.
4: It um, seems
6: insane that something could have actually snapped in his foot like a month ago, and he might be fit again. Well, that's the best thing that could have happened. The
5: medical advice.
4: So why don't we do it
6: at bloody Christmas instead of dicking around with him not playing for months on end? It's annoying.
4: Well, it's. Uh, I mean, it's hard to diagnose his plantar, it? that's the thing. You yeah. got to just
5: rest it. And I was intrigued when they said that he'd been struggling with this for a year. As I to said whether... that like I'm
4: mates with Plantar
5: then, didn't I? Me and plantar, plantar go back years as to whether they knew a year ago that that was the problem or whether they've kind of figured out now that's the problem and that's what's been bugging him for a year. Because if your ankles bust, then trying to work out what hurts in what part of what foot can be difficult. But either way, he needs to just get over it. <laughs> quickly. <laughs> Very quickly. You can uh, also to
4: use your foot. Uh, let's let's talk about Rafa because that was one of the um, the main talking points, I think, from the weekend. Mad Ken Starling asks why in the name of Lucifer's Beard is our Brazilian superstar winger taking long throws and playing at wing-back in games we absolutely need results from. For all intents and purposes, we're in the bottom three now. Surely this isn't the time to tie Rafinha's hands behind his back.
6: I mean, Marsh wanted him central and up front, didn't he, not long ago? I guess so he could, he'd could he be there to put in chances. Do you think he was more effective from wing-back at the weekend than he yes. has been
4: recently? He was, wasn't he? Because he was playing really wide.
5: And he was only there because Dallas got injured Mm. so that change wouldn't have been made tactically I don't think but because we were 1-0 down you make an attacking move you bring on Dan James instead of going with we could have brought on Charlie Creswell and moved Luke Ayling to right wing back and that would have been solid defensive and if it had been 0-0 we might have done that but at 1-0 down know that uh, if you put Rafinha right wing back he can just attack from there and little Dan James can scamper around up front and we might have a chance of scoring because being solid wasn't um, any good to us at that point but yeah suddenly having him wide
4: helped. What what did you make of his reaction at the end? Rev Mark saying interesting reaction from him, shirt over his head for a minute because if you didn't see this he stood there over towards the sort of northeast part of the pitch put his shirt over his head and just stood still for, for quite a while. Just This was the point at which marching on together went up around the ground as well. And he just stood there looking for law. He takes defeat badly, doesn't he? Does Rafinha generally? I think that's that's probably part and parcel of it. But in my mind, this is him thinking, well, I'll miss this next year.
6: <laughs> it's been nice. But yeah, I wondered if he was just trying to ignore all the kids who'd assembled at the East Stand with Brazil flags all trying to get his shirt. And he was like, I'm just because they've been pelting him with paper. Ignore those around. little brats. Go buy your own fucking shirts.
4: Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Paper thrower 8379, identifying themselves there, uh, mentioned his response at full time. For me, that was the response of a player that knows he's leaving the club in the summer and a club that's helped him secure a place in the Brazilian World Cup squad, a dream of his throughout his life.
6: I don't know how we interpret, really. He might have just been annoyed. He might have not wanted to speak to anyone. I noticed Marsh came over and spoke to him and he seemed to pretty much ignore him. He said he had a word. It was only when um, Jesus came over that he actually spoke to, spoke back to anyone as far as I could gather.
5: Maybe that was it. He was Because he was a long way from the tunnel. Maybe he's saying, if I just stand over here with my shirt over my head, Marsh will leave me alone. <laughs> but instead he, stride, he strode 100 yards over like, oh, come on Rafinha
6: come and celebrate with me yeah
5: we're going to do a we haven't had a <laughs> get
6: yeah. your shirt off come on guys. let's go we're spinning it around our
4: heads uh, uh, we'll get on to Jesse in a second actually just while we're talking about individual performances it was picked out by Lucy that Cork looked much more assured at centre back I thought he had a decent game given that we shipped even though we shipped four goals
6: yeah you can play, play instead of Strouk if Cooper gets fit again. Which He's, is not He's not having a good time I of it. not having a good time didn't. I left the game not thinking Strouk had played that badly. Then I watched the goals back and I was like, ah, right,
5: okay. He's bad on the goals, but if you remember the magic moment when Luke Hayling, uh stumbled <laughs> on the edge of our penalty area and just mm. gave the ball to Manchester fucking City um, and it was Stroik flying in twice mm. that blocks and so saved those. And there was another really good flying block in the second half, but then the second goal... Yeah, he could have blocked that shot. And then the fourth goal, don't just pass to Fernandinho. The first goal, though, if we're talking about COP, was him. We saw a disadvantage of Sonal marking, which is that Robin did not know where any of the players were and was watching the ball and whoever it was. Who scored? Was it Consuelo? Um, I can't remember now. <laughs> that, the the uh, goal scorer. I'm pretty sure
6: that's not how you say it. Consuelo. No, it was Rodri. It, it, was, was, Rodri it was Rodrigo. It was
5: it was the fake Rodrigo it's a really good run from him but it's made quite easy by the fact that Robincock is kind of just gazing into the sky instead of marking anybody or attacking the ball so it was kind of
4: if there's any consolation I did a bit of gazing into the sky during that game as well just wondering where my life, life had gone Jesse Marsh let's talk about it then the celebrations at full time I mean Ding has gone in with both feet here on Jesse full time nonsense Marsh is a fucking lunatic and not in a good way as predicted, he's hopelessly out of sync in cultural terms and this will get ugly. Also see the huddle. Talking about the post-match huddle at Leicester, that wasn't it. By the way, my comments have nothing to do with Bielsa. He had to go. Ding's not in a good place right now. I, I think,
6: think. Ding's, Ding's been more depressed than me all season, as, mm. I, as I remember correctly. I think he was uh, wanting Bielsa out early as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd not seen the extent of this. When I know you'd seen it on your little telly Moscow and we were talking about it. I was there. It, was, it happened in front of me, Michael. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't know if he's... Do miss- you know why it happened, though? Do you uh, understand why he did it? Does it make sense to
4: you any any sense? Like no. he was feeding off the energy of the crowd. No,
6: I think it's you should certainly need to applaud the crowd for it. But I felt like celebrating was a little bit weird.
5: I don't think he was intending to celebrate. I think he's,
6: it was the shot of him leaving the walking yeah. down the tunnel, his arms aloft like heavyweight champion of the world. I, think I just <laughs> sort of thought mm. because before that
5: he was doing Jesse, his uh, Jesse. like Rocky firing his guns off and <laughs> shouting, "You guys will keep us up." So that's what he's trying to get across. I think the fists in the air is he's trying to communicate, like, I'm feeding off your energy and it's making me feel like this, and the players are going to feel it too. I think that's the message he's trying to put across. It was um,
4: chest beating, wasn't it, as much as anything? Yeah. Yeah.
5: But he strikes me just in general, you know, the sort of the trope of the main character, like who sort of puts themselves at the center of things and imagines that their life is a movie and they're the hero that's going to save everything. He has a lot of that, and he. Just, Are you suggesting he has a messiah complex? No, I mean not to that extent. I mean, I'm suggesting he imagines himself as the the hero of a teen, of a teen movie. Okay, it's kind of his thing that he's going to be. You know, he is soccer dog, and he's going to score the goal that wins the cup <laughs> final and all this kind of stuff. And it's been like that. And he, he's kind of, it's like that when him walking over to Rafinha at the end. It this isn't to compare them. People don't like that, but Bielsa just walking off and doing whatever he did in the changing rooms. It's fine. I don't know how I feel about him walking 100 yards over the pitch to go and say whatever he said to Rafinha and he's talking to Calvin. And it looked like he was getting into a conversation with Rafinha. And it's another one where I do this where I can't see it. I know too much about Jesse Marsh. I see too much of him. And then the fist bumping and the walking off. We shouldn't even be talking about it. We never had to talk about it when the previous manager just used to go away. The, The biggest thing was like people used to say, how can he squat like that for so long? Aren't his calves incredible? That was the discussion with kind of um, Bielsa. But even with his thing with arguing with the ref, where he's gone for a long explanation of why he does it so that he can change the referee's psychology, it's human behaviour 101, and then... Uh, um, after... I hadn't I seen these comments, though, until they were put on the sheet, so just pad that out a bit and explain what you mean. Well, he was asked about the big argument uh, that we discussed on the match ball, about the, them trying to do multi-ball, and he took the booking for Cameron Toshak and when the referee came... Striding over, he gave him a big round of applause as he came over. and He he was close to being sent off for being a right Saki get. And he was asked about this and he says, I call this human behaviour 101. I don't know if you guys have those kinds of courses in England. I mean, we're aware of the the discipline of psychology. It began in Austria. Anyway, we should know that from his Red Bull days. (laughs) But we have those in the US. If the referee isn't behaving in a way that I think is appropriate and I'm asking things to change and they don't change, then I have no other recourse other than to adjust my behaviour to try to force the referee to change his. Is that a good strategy or not? I'll say this. After I get the yellow, I don't think it's a coincidence that they pick up a yellow (laughs) in the next play. I'll tell you what is not going to be a coincidence is when the referees, who will have circulated that on their little referee WhatsApp group, never fall for that again. Mm -hmm. It's about, he's saying, uh, I've seen it in Champions League. I've seen it in many different phases that the big club gets the calls. And so you have to fight So what I've not seen in Champions League is Pep Guardiola coming out and saying, "You know exactly why I did that, and I'll tell you, so it never works again."
4: He's right, but don't tell anybody. Exactly,
5: he doesn't have the filter to just sort of say, "Yeah, I had an argument with the referee because I I wasn't happy about uh, the way he was going," but you know we move on and we go into the next game so that he still has this in his arsenal. Instead, he has to tell everything about the thing that he's done so that we can all be like impressed by it. And, mm. you know, maybe it is quite quite impressive. Like, oh, yeah, okay, I understand that you, you've you got this kind of, um, while the players are having taking on their opponents, you're beginning this kind of psychological warfare against the, the match officials. Like, wow, that's a really interesting part of your coaching strategy, but
6: shh. <laughs> To go back to the celebration thing, I think part of it stems from a really, it's admittedly a very, very difficult bit of nuance to understand and it's possibly unique to English football and to a degree Leeds fans in that we seem to celebrate sometimes more and get more behind the team the worse we are. Like there's a a weird thing that through this kind of League One years, there was almost a pride in the fact we're going to go and lose it Somewhere shit. I was going to say, sing, just, just so we don't we are the champions of Europe throughout.
4: Just so we don't get accused of exceptionalism. You've seen it in what Everton's crowd is like at home at the minute as well. Like they're being very defiant and very supportive of their team who've been in trouble as well. And it's helped them, mm. and we're doing the same.
6: Yeah, but it's it's a difficult. I, th- I get the feeling it probably isn't the case in American sports, but this is maybe because I don't understand American sports. Well, there's but less it, difficulty
5: because there's no relegation. Yeah, very true. Um, and you have, you have teams deliberately playing to lose so that they get better mm. picks in the draft and stuff so it's a totally different culture generally american sports fans if they don't like what they're seeing they will throw beer at you so you don't get the support in adversity sweeping generalization but that's kind of the, the way it seems to be he's one gesture away from getting it if it hadn't been the fists in the air like this but instead of being the old kind of like hands in the air kind of like I, I'm not worthy of this. Yeah, just an applause. Yeah. yeah. all the, And that's, all the other players kind of get it because they've been here much longer that they know to kind of, after a defeat, go around, applaud everybody, but not start. Look a know. bit sad. Yeah,
6: Cali yeah. Phillips Look, doesn't do his way, way, which, way because he went something after a
5: defeat. is led by the crowd. He never goes up to the, the south stand and mm-hmm. says, right, I'm going to do this now. And there have been games, remember Pontus used to mess about where some games he wouldn't do it. So he'd, he'd wander off and he'd get <laughs> booed and everyone's like, what was Pontus being a dickhead? But, that's what it needed is just that kind of like, I appreciate this, but it felt like he had to kind of almost compete with it, or like the way he wanted to express that he was appreciating it put him in the position of looking like he was cheerleading it. When so, you know, it does basically. We're going acu- to we're gonna
6: be accused of analyzing this too much. Yeah. It comes, comes down to, to much, he yeah. is
5: one gesture yeah. away from. Being absolutely fine.
4: You're right, though. It, it doesn't actually matter, does it, all that much? It's just, it's just interesting seeing it when, you, again, when you compare it to what we've seen recently. That this kind of really deep bond between fans, players, and manager, and it's, it was largely unspoken, it just happened on a subconscious level, and we all kind of we were all in synergy with each other.
5: Bielsa mm. didn't have to do anything to make people love him. I think was a lesson.
6: He did. He had there. to win loads of games. That was the truth. But the, but yeah. the way
5: he was admired. Differently to other managers who have won loads of games, it's been Simon Grayson won loads of games when we're in League One. I don't know anybody ever quite had the the reverence uh, towards him. He had the aura that he managed to present by just walking off the pitch at full time was far in excess of any manager. So it's not just ours. I think has been able to to present apart from running around. But now I'm thinking I'm remembering Jurgen Klopp. But then. Scouts all lap up anything like that, though, <laughs> not
6: they? I remember Klopp years ago, did they, they draw at West Brom or something, and he did two, this. two at home, wasn't it, or something? Uh, 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 and they, they, everyone was saying, oh, it's sort of tin pot to do it, and then built on it, and I guess that, yeah, that vibe continued, the, continued and now the best team here. in the world.
4: There's a lot of that, though, isn't there? The celebration police coming out on Twitter these days, yeah. and it doesn't mean anything. You know, when you've been in the stadium, you know what it's like. Um, talking about being in the stadium, let's, before we close out this section, go on about the paper throwing, because that's been brought up by a few people. <laughs> Marvin asks. This says the paper so dangerous. So d- I need to adopt a very serious tone now, don't I? Mm. The paper so dangerous. Ban this filth. Can we have yellow, blue, and white darts at the Chelsea game? What if all that paper had been on fire? What mm. then? And doused in kerosene. What then? Yeah. What if that had hit Jack Grealish? We're talking here about Gary Neville's response to it, by the way, which is funny because we saw at the day after Richarlison lobbing a fucking firework <laughs> in, into a, a, a crowded
5: area. Well, that he wouldn't have done that if he'd not seen what was happening at Elland Road. If that had been paper, he could have. Taking someone's eye out. That was uh, imagine a paper cut on the eyeball. Seem to be the crux of Gary Neville's point. It's like if you let them do this, you'll let them do anything. And that—that's what we call a slippery slope argument, isn't it? Is, uh, it? it got thrown because it was paper. Yeah. Yes, exactly. If it had, if it had been billiard balls and something that could actually, you know, cave in Jack Grealish's head, I think most people would have thought twice before throwing them mm. because. Nobody actually wants to cave Jack Grealish's head in. And
4: I don't think Jack Grealish would have laughed as much as he did had it been billiard balls. If one of those had landed on his head, he would have gone down like Jack Grealish. But because
5: it's paper, and because everybody knows that it's not going to hurt anybody, it was fine. Mm -hmm. So, Are you suggesting that people, crowds, are capable of understanding
4: context and nuance, Moscow? Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Tom's saying we've got the best fans in the world. It was a free hit, really. Um, just got to hope Everton are worse than us tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
6: yes. Never mind. Why weren't they? Why weren't they, indeed? Well, actually, they were. They
5: didn't play well, did they? Chelsea, I didn't watch were, it. Chelsea were worst.
4: And do you know what? The, the best litmus test for this about the fans in general is, is what Pep Guardiola said. He, he had nothing but praise. I mean, it's, it's very easy when you've won 4 0 to come and praise a set of opposition fans. But credit to him, he didn't have to, did he?
5: I mean, he can't feel the Etihad with the best team in the world. So I think he's he's likely to be impressed just by a, a full stadium but yeah um, I felt it I know why this is so special at the end 4-0 down fighting to stay in the Premier League and singing chanting showing support that is why we said that it will be tough for I think he means tough for teams to. yes he meant for their team to come to Elland Road very tough to come to Elland Road and win 4 nil. and if not the fans there's a good reason to be happy for the weekend
4: PT lists a number of reasons to be cheerful for next season if we do go down or I'm talking about the other you know, bargaining stage of grief here where you start to say well get bigger away allocations don't we there's no VAR we'll still get shit refs but they won't be as bad as this lot
6: no VAR is is the one genuine benefit i can see mm. and more games wait
5: until we miss out on the playoffs because of an offside call
6: do you know what though? fine <laughs> they'll even <laughs> out over the season i still i still hate the the stopping and starting of it all
5: so. i mean it this feels previous, but it's not gonna be the there will still be a Leeds United next season, whatever yeah, division true. we're in.
4: And that was the moment that I was talking about on the match ball when the crowd sang at full time, it reminded me that there's more to life than all that shit. Your stupid Premier League anthem. Shove it. It's no, probably
5: it. still a better game than half the ones I saw in like games that we won in the championship under the likes of Steve Evans and Neil Warnock were worse as an experience than losing 4 0 to Manchester City.
6: Yeah. We just we just need to so aim- that, no what's my
5: point? That's where we're going back to I'll be quiet.
6: We just need to aim. if we do go down, you just need to say, well, let's be Fulham and not Sunderland next mm. year. Because look at them beating Luton 7-0 last night. Mitrovic has scored like 43 goals or something. But it looks fun. That'd be great to go and watch us win every week. Let's go deeper. Would it be, <laughs> would it be a better tactic though to
5: beat, to let Luton get promoted and beat them 7-0 up here? That's another option, isn't it? Do
6: you want Angus Kinnear to be happy though? I mean, at the moment, no. <laughs> Let's do it then.
4: Part two. If we must, let's take our medicine.
6: It's a section where we feed off the misery of others. And and what? None of it this week. Scum no. won, they're normally pretty reliable. Arsenal won, they're always a good fallback option. Burnley won, Everton won. Even listening to Unhappy Chelsea fans wouldn't have been any good because it was Everton that beat them, so you've got that. So
5: isn't this an opportunity though to shift our mindset? Because <laughs> you can really you can manifest the person you want to be. And really the things that you... have
6: seen Jake Humphries coming up on this shit, haven't you?
5: The things that you surround yourself with (laughs) will influence the kind of mentality with which you attack every day. So Mm -hmm. if all you're taking in is other people's misery, I think that's going to make you a
6: miserable person. Have you been reading The Secret? No.
5: Have you
6: you been writing (laughs) little notes to yourself like Noel Edmonds does? manifesting things. Common sense. Um, What's that about Edmonds? He writes little notes to himself to try and make things happen. John Bronson talks about one of his books and he's wrote, he, he claims that he's met this woman because he'd written a note that said he wanted to find the, the love of his life right. um, and someone who would complete him and, and help him get get his life back on track and stuff. Yeah. And he met this woman. Yeah, yeah that's great. I so it worked. And then, But then John Ronson said, isn't that the same woman who sold her story to the Sunday people? <laughs> and he says, uh, yes. And he said, maybe next time you should write write that on the note as well, <laughs> that she wouldn't then sell her story afterwards. Don't sell me out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so writing notes, yeah, that was... That was uh, so you've anyway. not been
5: doing that then? No, no. No, all I'm saying is that maybe we can learn from the happiness of others instead of uh, resenting it, as I am kind of habitually attuned to do. I hate your attitude today. Right, go on then, Michael. What
6: we got? Ian Cheeseman. She's a great name. Yep. Apart from anything else, and he's on YouTube, but he's old. But in YouTube standards, I mean, we're old by YouTube standards. Are we? But he's, yeah. We're not. We're not us kids. We're not kids, are we? We're not doing the. We, well, you'll hear some. What, um, what if, we'll, we'll hear some youth? Some youth broadcasting do later we, on
4: from City Extra. Do we need to start wearing baseball caps
6: backwards? <laughs> backwards. Like, um, will that help? Like Elon Musk trying to occasionally be, be a young man. But yeah, Ian Cheeseman is an old old man and he's bringing a bit of history to the world of football YouTube, which is quite nice.
3: You won't get any argument from me that uh, Pep Guardiola is a tactical genius, but this deep-lying centre-forward or lack of centre-forward is nothing new, you know. That fellow behind me, Don Revy, legendary Leeds United manager, also played for City as part of the Revy plan, which was a deep-lying centre-forward and that was way back in... The 50s, would you believe? I heard all about it. I wasn't old enough to see it from Johnny Williamson, who was his deputy in the City squad, who I got to know very well. So, Don Revy, forerunner of what Pep does now.
4: There's an enjoyable sort of Jack and Ori tone to his voice there. Sit down, children. I'll give you a history lesson.
6: (laughs) But I like the fact he's maybe bringing it. I mean, I'm sure no New Man City fans listen to this because they'll be like, boring, just want us to sign Harland. Don't don't care about this yeah. old bloke who played for us once. Sign Harlan, give me some more Haribo. Exactly. Yeah, but I thought it was quite nice to hear some hear it being talked about. Yeah, it's the uh,
5: they won the FA Cup playing like that, and uh, Don Revie was the footballer of the year, and he nicked it from the Hungarians mm-hmm. as well. But you know, it was. Um,
4: Do we need to explain who Don Revie is to any of our viewers? <laughs> maybe.
5: I hope not. But yeah, the, it was the sort of um, the deep lying Revie plan. Is uh, it's nice to hear that being discussed, Ian sounds like my kind of fella
6: and Ian's talking here to another another legacy fan who's, right. who's been to Elm Road in, in times past and he's again contrasting to I feel like modern Man City fans just feels nice and it feels like he's actually enjoying it
3: you've been to Leeds before haven't you has it changed yeah a lot uh, 70s first time uh, not a nice place to come I must say not it regularly attacked or whatever um, that was on the terracing on the far side terracing behind the goal seating behind the goal and then today it seems a little bit quite arriving so that's that's one improvement over the last 40 years um, last time we came I think we lost 3-1 when I last came because uh, obviously we couldn't come for the Covid and um, I came in the FA Cup when we won when the pitch was invaded so I have seen and two weeks before that we won 2-0 as well in the league so I've seen a couple of good w- w- wins here I remember obviously, that well actually because the yeah. draw was made yeah, as, we, as, as we did as we were leaving here getting chased from here one week we knew we were coming back the next week to get chased again there was just a few more of us the second time we came oh and it came when Malcolm Allison got the sack the next day yeah. So that was a bad night as well. But obviously we got John Bond and improved from there on in. But happy and sad memories here, I'm afraid. John so, Bond improved us? Well, he we got us to the cup final. That was Listen, I and never we thought I'd see a cup final. Yeah, yeah, true. Inch, yeah. But having said that, that was a great season for us. A semi-final at Anfield, which I won't go into. And, the, uh, uh, yeah. and um, the final at Wembley was a great day out. And uh, as I was about to die a few years ago, I thought that might be my last ever chance of going and then all of a sudden we've got semi-finals finals and everything we just don't know we're born so if we win today great if we don't we keep fighting to the end that's what City will do
4: Never thought he'd see a cup final and it just goes to show what billions of Petro dollars can do for a football club <laughs>
5: he, he did throw that in quite casually I, know I don't they know we're
6: going to die if, <laughs> yeah.
5: if regular viewers of Ian Cheeseman's channel are maybe more familiar with the story and don't need the context but also you know Quite listening along, happy memories of um, one of the games he was talking about there was when um, Gordon McQueen punched David Harvey in front of the cop and younger listeners and viewers might like to know they both played for Leeds at the time. And, you know, just hearing some people in uh, (laughs) 2022 discussing whether John Bond improved Man City or not in 1978. Nice. But then, yeah, throwing in the old, uh, when I thought we are going to die the other year. I'm glad he's all right. I'm glad he got to see um, City winning
6: stuff. And um,
4: he's identified one of the, the main strengths, the, one of the main areas of progress over the last 40 years, as he said, not, not getting attacked on the <laughs> way in. So there's that. Attacked and whatever.
6: Mm. Chased and attacked.
4: Not a nice place to come. Put that on the brochure. Anyway. <laughs> Tell that to Gary and It's just weekend. nice to
6: hear Man City Fan going, well, if we win, great. If we don't. Yeah, but then We'll next see what week, happens. So. But that's the thing. But he's just coming from the context of, I didn't even think I'd get to see us playing a cup final again, and we're in one every year now. So. Be dead soon. So, <laughs> good. Right, next. This is about the actual game. Right,
4: okay. We're not going to enjoy this then, are we now?
3: So, as you can imagine, delirious City fans after this. I mean, that felt like a cup final. Leeds were really up for it to give them their credit. They were into every tackle. City had to fight for every every ball. Uh, I thought it was a terrific game. It was different to the Real Madrid game. Perhaps didn't have the same quality, but in terms of effort and determination, City had to be at their best today.
4: It comes as a shock to hear we're not as good as Real Madrid, I have not to say. Not quite the same quality. No, oh, he, he, Yeah, he did concentrate on different. Yeah, I mean, the dif- main difference being that they did score four against Real Madrid, they scored four against us, we just didn't score the three that Real Madrid mm. got. But what did they get for that? Well, nothing. Mm, exactly, still lost, didn't they? So, they haven't the got point? a second
6: leg, though. Uh, so I guess those three goals probably are important. I did.
4: Uh, I chuckled at the idea it was like a cup final as well, because it was exactly like uh, most cup finals I remember leading <laughs> in my lifetime, i.e. 1996. Yeah.
6: Anyway, who else we got? Who's Bouvy? Are you going? Bu- I'm going Bouvy. Bouvy. B-U- b u b u v e y is how he's he's um, spelling his. Is he from Manchester? YouTube account. Right, what's it going to sound like then? That's Bova. 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 It's not Bouvy.
4: Eh? it might be
6: like a hyacinth bouquet. It'll be will be somebody called Bouinchment, Andy Booth. Anyway, he don't, li- he don't like us, this guy, which is which is nice. Oh, good.
0: I think we we really went into a third or fourth gear against these in the final twenty minutes. Obviously, Fernandinho gets that late strike as well. It's fantastic to see. I am. Um, I'm not sure. What to, I'm not not sure what to say because on one level, the first thirty minutes we lacked control of the game. Uh, we had a real kind of nervousness about us, and that's to be expected. Ellen Road is literally one of the, the hardest places to go in British football. There's no question about it. Um, fans today, the atmosphere was incredible.
4: Did he see
5: the number of games we've lost yeah, at home this literally, literally not.
6: Literally one of the hardest places. Home wins against Watford, Burnley, Norwich and yeah. Palace yeah, this we have, year.
5: We have lost eight of uh, 17 games so, at home. So literally not. So get it right, we're terrible. <laughs> yeah. I also Over. I enjoyed his uh, his impression of a horse midway through that clip. Did you like that? I didn't yeah. think that was him. I thought he must be broadcasting from a topper pony. <laughs> <laughs> a topper pony. Oh well.
6: Anyway, so it was great atmosphere. But has he, a, has he had a nice time then? He, he wasn't there. Did he, he wish? On, did he wish as well? He was on. I think he was watching on telly.
4: All right. Okay. And uh, what else has he had to say? This.
0: And their their atmosphere today it was amazing. But a bit of me was thinking Jesse Mark giving it all that on the sideline. I hope these lot get relegated now. I really hope Leeds get relegated. I can't stand their fan base. You know they tried to make things difficult. Their players are rough. The referee today had an absolute shocker. If it wasn't for City's quality you could have really changed this, this this title running. And sorry, just to say, I'm, I'm on a rant. The Premier League uh, uh, coverage on Sky is absolutely biased towards Liverpool. It's absolutely crazy.
6: He's no. a fucking baby. He goes on for absolutely ages after that, moaning about referees. No, we to go play against some rough boys. About a big conspiracy with Sky and referees and stuff. Whereas the yeah, Ian Cheeseman bloke who's talking then, he's got it right. He's, yeah. just, he's doing it properly. Whereas this is, he's just moaning on about how, because Martin Tyler didn't sound pleased enough. Yeah. It's somehow a conspiracy.
5: I don't get the whole, the atmosphere was brilliant. Those fans are horrible. I don't think you can have both. Mm. You can't be, you can't have been enjoying it and saying, oh, you know, credit to the fans who made it really tough, but also those fans are awful and should be, you know, thrown out of the game. Yeah. And how dare he call our players rough. Ilan mm. Melier, Pascal Stroyk, these are beautiful
6: young men. Mm. The referee was an interesting one because there were a few complaints about the ref from, from various things that I've not included because, you know, fairly boring. But he was he was quite random, wasn't he? Was, yeah, was yeah. what I picked up on? Because I watched bits of the game back, and the was stuff it, he was. Was it Tierney? Tierney. Yeah, Tierney. he just was giving some things, not giving others. It's like each one was decided on the flip of a coin. There were there were almost identical tackles in various parts of the game, sometimes given, sometimes not, for both sides. And God There's knows some
5: theories, particularly on Sky, that his refereeing kind of led to what happened with Stuart, Allison, Jack Grealish, and mm. I was saying on the match ball that I thought Grealish was asking for. A, a booking, and he might have been, but he may also have been making that point of like, well, you've let them do this, this, and this to me. So of course he's going to go flying in for a, a 50-50 and um, now look, but then really did then like just walk away without going to see if Dallas was okay. So I still think he's a prick. But... Um, I was after rolling around and crying for a bit on the floor. Well, it probably, I mean, it may have hurt him as well. I know he was the, the car in this crash that Dallas hit. But yeah, there was some element of that. I don't know if it really rings true but yeah it was it, it was the same guy he, no, it was a different referee the the week and I can't remember who it was but it was the same thing where you just you don't know what he's going to give as a tackle and what you don't and, and that guy I can't remember when it was it must have been our last home game went through phases of like clamping down on tackles and then letting them go and then clamping down again yeah Shitter, so, shit isn't it yeah basically <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh dear uh, right should we move on to City Extra then this should be fun this is Moscow's favourites I love them I'm
5: actually I'm warming to them a little bit is this where they, the Conswilo uh, thing came from Conswilo
4: got to be sick in a bin
6: oh it was them from it, last year it was that guy bro yeah. it says bro all right, the yeah. time
5: how did they handle um, Stuart Dallas's injury what was he being sick in a bin about
6: it, it, well, was, it, a, it was the, Cooper, Cooper it was the right. coupon that he got sent off for Last year
5: didn't absolutely no damage to anybody. No, and he was had to be sick in a bin, and he's got his uh, his mate with him who just agrees with it all. <laughs> yeah, are
6: yeah. They, are they still together? Yeah, yeah. Still, still the pair of them. Was, Good, was was City Extra the one that, that was in a nightclub? It looked like a, a virtual this reality sort of nightclub. Dispensed with that now, but yes, at one point it was. Like, it was, it was just, really it was, weird. It
4: was a weird kind of chrome and carpets VR
6: bar, wasn't it? They were sat in, I just, which just confused me to this day. Yeah, it was a bit like a, a sort of Sims nightmare. Yeah, going on. <laughs> No Sim- Sims mank <laughs> Edition, <laughs> right? Uh, but there they are talking about the litter throwing and also misunderstanding what it all actually was.
2: I on a real right, they need to get um, the 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 littering people on on the scene. You know what I mean, you get fine for littering, innit it? Ban all these fans, innit That's a shout. Actually, hold up a Ukrainian flag and then you're chucking it at a Ukrainian. Weird. it's a bit weird. Just ammo, innit They've got you. They've got Ooh. something in front of them, innit
4: Did they... Ammo. Does he mean
5: amateur there?
6: No, it's ammo, ammo's oh, and ammo, I and mean, ammunition. Ammunition. I thought it was some street slang.
5: No, no on one. a
6: on a reel. Yeah. Did they
5: record that at like five a.m.? It's during the game, though. That sounded like a conversation I've had at parties, <laughs> like four in the morning. It's got like on a reel, right? Yeah, what?
6: <laughs> you don't say on a reel.
5: And it, it wasn't
4: a, uh, it one. wasn't a Ukrainian flag, was it? It was a big thing that said Yorkshire for whatever reason. We need to. St- I mean, just returning. We mentioned it on the on the match ball. Stop trying to force us to do things.
6: If we're going to do something nice for Ukraine, do some NFTs. Yeah. That's what... You that's what can't people, throw them at anybody, what, can that's you? That's what the
5: people want,
4: is That's it? what everyone wants. Which we will, uh, we'll deal
6: with that in, in the weekly show, by
5: the way. And possibly the most 4am part of that was the big long pause with his mate while he processed what he said and then just decided, like, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're on about, but
6: yeah. Right like then, bro, what's next, bro? This is them... This is just... Again, it must be a modern Man City Then The 2-0 up in the 75th minute a corner goes somewhere near their goal and he's getting all stressed about it. For what reason? I have no idea. <laughs>
2: oh
1: my God. That was close. They've still got the ball. Pops it off. No! Deal. What a tackle. Oh. What a tackle. Raheem Sterling. I can't watch this anymore, me. I have to watch Strictly Come Dancing. This is too stressful, Bri. It's hanging.
2: <laughs> how everything you picked? Strictly Come Dancing, isn't
1: it? Yeah, that's a chill program, bro. That's a couple, couple of the random Donnie just dancing to chill music. Nah, dancing on ice is better, isn't it? Yeah, but nah, that, that's not chill because if they fall over, serious injuries, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: actually, it can be stress, is it?
1: Yeah, big stress.
2: So, yeah, I love that relationship. Really. <laughs> like it's,
1: it's a sitcom you'd
5: watch, isn't it? It's the one time I've heard his mate actually challenge him. He was like, <laughs> was no, dancing on ice is better. But then as soon as he's told, I know like, that there's a great risk of injury. Oh, yeah. Right. Are we sure Are we sure that this isn't kind of one of those light relief pieces from Coronation Street? You
4: know, you've got the, the sort of life relief, light relief characters that pop up every mm. now and again just to add a bit of fun to the
6: thing. Like a, a Tyrone and Kirk yeah. from when I used to watch it many years ago. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, I'm not convinced they're real.
6: But he's, he's like this through the last 15 minutes. He's gone oh, I can't stand it. It's like you're tuning up. Never watched Corrie, by the way. Never seen it. You can basically watch it for like two years and it's just the same storylines go round and round. Someone's having an affair, someone's having a baby, there's a wedding that doesn't go to plan. That's
5: why you got to stick with Emmerdale. Just a plethora of interesting narratives just popping up. You never know what's going to happen next. <laughs>
6: they had a plane crash once, didn't they?
5: Exactly. When's a plane crash ever happened on Coronation Street?
6: Wait, it, was, it was like 25 years ago. <laughs> the Emmerdale plane crash. Well, you don't want still. a plane
5: crash every week. It's a terrible, tragic event. They had a tram crash on Corrie.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Manchester every day, isn't it? Anyway, back to um, City Extra.
6: This is when their fourth does go in, and finally he can he can relax because the three goal cushion was obviously a real a real battle for him to get through. <laughs> I'm towards not sure want to hear him relaxing. But this is um, oh. <laughs> this is the confusion over our fans singing as their as their fourth goal goes in,
1: and it's four nil, one goal behind on the goal difference. Breathe. Were the Leeds fans clapping then? Nah, that was city fans. Was
2: it city fans. That was face, like yeah, yeah. in the background then. Oh, up there, yeah.
1: Oh, no, City fans are down here. No, up there, but the Leeds fans are clapping. I think that's how they party, bro. They're,
4: they're,
3: sure. they're on a session here. Watch this.
4: <laughs> Don't understand half of what they're saying anymore. They? <laughs> is that, a, a, is that a, a variation on bro? Uh, or, they, uh, I it. guess so.
5: Well, I'm wondering if he is, because he treats him like a little brother, or he just won't pay any attention to anything <laughs> he says. Like, I think the Leeds fans are celebrating. They're not. Shut up. <laughs> celebrating what? Well, that, I mean, that's a question for us rather than for them. <laughs> I'm not surprised they were confused. I don't think it really... Can you imagine them celebrating or at least cheering through the fourth goal of a 4-0 defeat at the Etihad? <sighs>
6: it would be sick. would be sick in a bit.
5: They would be being sick, sick in a bit. I,
6: I don't think they even cheer a fourth goal at the Etihad when they're scoring it. Do they? Brie is a Scottish term for watery soup or broth, so I don't think he's talking about that. French mm. cheese. Yeah, possibly. Also means eyebrow. We'll have to We'll have to do yeah. some more mank research. We'll, we'll work on that one. Right, what have we got in the final clip? Well, they... We mocked Jesse's jeggings in the the way... did we mock him? Well, maybe not on air. I can't remember. We definitely talked about them at at some stage. But they liked him.
1: Oh, he's telling Jesse March to shut up otherwise he's going upstairs. He's been booked, mate. Jesse March is in the book. Send him off, ref. (laughs) Oh, he's not happy ref here, is he? No. Jesse March squaring up to the referee. Stylish looking guy, I was just about to say,
2: this Jesse Mars guy
1: is stylish. He's a stylish guy, you know. Guy looks like he's ready. Do you know what I mean? Defo f- shops at Boohoo Man. Defo,
2: bro. He's got he's got a football match at five out in the town at like nine, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Guy's ready. He's ready to literally walk out of this club and go to a pub.
6: <laughs> Boohoo Man. Oh, yeah. I think they have some sort of deal with Boohoo Man. Right. In fairness, I think they've got some sort of sponsorship thing with him. If...
4: I mean, look at Moscow's top. I mean, if you are watching the video that's, version now... It's remarkable, is that? Uh, he's wearing a... For the audio listener, how do we describe that? It reminds me of the you old... just say um, it's a nice shirt. It is a nice shirt, but you... It, Don't it's need a, to go into any more detail. It's a that. legacy shirt, isn't it? Is it a
6: sunset by pyramids? It reminds me I mean, the me sun of,
4: could be coming up. That's true. It reminds me of the old TVAM logo for mm. older viewers who remember breakfast TV on ITV. If you Google that, TVAM, um, you'll soon see what I mean. It's like a... Yeah, it's a stylized sunrise, that, isn't it? We did establish as well, it it's works well as Velcro. Yeah, you can stick is, to this. Which is useful. Um, but we digress. Not Boo Man, then. No, but if they do want to throw money at us to hawk off their uh, cheaply put together clothes, I don't know,
5: then... I don't forget, get into Jesse's jeans. No. That's the kind of thing that they're, they're hawking. They're fine from uh, maybe a televisual angle, but if you are sitting in the West Stand... I mean, I don't want to get into it. We've already hyperanalyzed. Is, is, uh, is the
4: word shapely Moscow?
5: Is that what you're saying? Well, he's, he kept adopting this weird stance. And I don't know if this is part of his Psychology 101 where he's trying to exert dominance over the referee, but like this legs akimbo stance on the edge of his technical area with his arms folded. Like it's not a natural position. He's putting his legs very far apart. And, so is it like the
6: Tory power stance that yeah, they did around yeah. a few years ago?
5: He's doing that in those tight jeans. And you're trying to watch a football match. If you're
4: wondering what that is, by the way, it's like, you know, when, when you go to the toilets and you see the male toilet, it's that symbol of the man, isn't it? Stood <laughs> there like that.
5: But then just making it like a little bit more uncomfortable by going another six inches in mm. either direction with your feet. Right. Just stand normally. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the, the marsh... Shell <laughs> a bucket. Come back. I'm, I am trying not to like let my sort of natural disinclination towards jesse marsh kind of get over me but i feel maybe i do need to stop short of just saying stand differently
6: <laughs> the way you breathe jesus christ if we stay up <laughs> there, there speaks a man who's married <laughs> if you stay if we stay up are you up for michael getting will you just stop <laughs>
5: michael can you just breathe quieter please um, <laughs> just
6: breathe it normally.
5: breathing i don't think let's just say marsh wears them quite well i don't think i could uh, rival that I, I think I, I if you would, want to see I'd somebody, like, I'd being, like to see
6: him. In, I, I think you should.
5: If you want to see somebody being sick in a bed, um, show them me and Jenkins.
6: <laughs> I, <sighs> think, I think you'd look best out of the three of us. You've at least got fairly long legs. I've got little troll legs. Yeah, I, I'm short of leg, long of back. It's not just a good combination. We're just saying, we'll, we'll get you a pair. Uh, you can wear them under the desk if nothing else.
4: <laughs> right, uh, that's the Man City clip's done. Is it then?
5: Yeah.
6: That'll is that, is that, that as
4: much as we can tolerate? That'll do,
6: brah. brah, bro. In it,
5: bro. Yeah. They don't sound happy. No. I was hoping maybe we'd learn something from these people who were top of the league and then. but I think he, the key was when he was like celebrating the closing the goal difference on Liverpool that's what it's all about for them isn't it
6: mm-hmm. it must be stressful at the top as well is it? I, I would say so but they've, they've won it loads
5: of times haven't they? and if they lose it this season yeah. they'll just be next year. sign Haaland yeah. and win it next season so it's fine it's not much jeopardy is it? no I don't think I mean if they go for them it's not like going from 9th to 17th but it would be hilarious if they did something like that. Let's Imagine this on Erling Haaland get relegated. They're not.
6: They're not likely to do a, a Leeds champions to seventeenth at any point, are they?
5: No. No.
4: Well, I think we need to get into Jake Humphrey, don't we? But let's let's leave the show on a high by doing that. We'll go in both feet on Jake in a bit because he's been talking again and saying silly things. But first,
6: Burnley talk BFC. Yeah. Do we want to hear this? Well, only because I, I I'm interested in your opinion on what he says here. Uh. Okay.
2: What a turnaround that was. Did anybody actually think in that first half that we will come away from Vicarage Road with all three points? If somebody says yes to this point, uh, to that point, I will tell you that they are a liar. Nobody could see that coming.
6: Didn't watch it. Fully expected it. I
4: did, I did. on the other hand, watch it. And I'd convinced myself Wat- Watford were going to win that. And they, did. Did, they didn't, yeah. Well, they were in front weren't
6: they I'd give it, even 10 minutes to go I was thinking Burnley will win this still. but
4: they're, they're absolutely baffled at Watford aren't they like their fans everyone's saying I don't think they made any subs which is the first, <laughs> like first Premier League game that's had no subs in it's this 2006 Hodgson in his shades just sat there maybe he <laughs> fell asleep absolutely no folks given <laughs> they just didn't have a clue what was going on oh why didn't they just
6: win I didn't watch, yeah, I didn't watch the Chelsea Everton game either because I've realised it's not helping. Well, yeah, I, I went out. It's better out. to just do something else. Yeah, while I it's did. On. I went out on
4: another long training walk. I've coincided my training walks with Super Sunday to avoid the football. And I don't know if
6: maybe that would be the wisest idea this next week. Mm. I can, I'm starting to understand why Howard Wilkinson just like went out for some dinner. It's, while, too, it's while, too stressful. Well, Liverpool were playing Man United. Just, because in I,
4: on, um, on Sunday, I was sat on a, a lovely bench just heading... I walked up f- towards Skipton mm. on the canal and there was a lovely bench just by a bridge, little bend in the canal. There were sheep in the fields. The landscape was open before me and I thought, this is nice, and then I got the notification through that Everton had won. Oh well, phone in the canal. <laughs> yeah, right then, let's um, let's get into Humphrey.
6: This was ahead of the Newcastle game, and he's just saying basically the Saudis are a great, great <laughs> bunch of lads, from what I can gather. As ever with this football club, there's people standing on the sidelines ready to snipe and have a bit of a pop. And at the moment, the way that they're running it, it's proving difficult for them. Isn't
4: it? right? So it's difficult sniping it. At- yeah, it, it cuts
6: up before then because that was a, it was a clip off Twitter that it was the only the only version of it I could get hold of. But yeah, all the people were sniping at the way the clubs run,
5: as always at Newcastle. Nobody ever snipes Newcastle. People love Newcastle. Mm. Mm. Pre Saudis, like the whole Mike Ashley thing. I think everybody had a lot of sympathy for them. It was like, oh yeah, that's bad. I need to get them away from him. And then Kevin Keegan era, everybody's second team. Before that, you know, you had Peter B- Kevin Keegan as a player coming or going in a helicopter, all the, you know, Geordie's of fun.
6: Punching horses. Gather, that, was, that was nice.
5: Waddle, all that
6: stuff. <laughs> all that stuff. No, Jimmy Nail, uh, Fog on the Time. Yeah, no, nobody's ever. <laughs> Linda's fan. The Gateshead Games. Of the, of the clubs that get constant, <laughs> constant Foster, grief. Mines. <laughs> shipyards.
5: Of, of the clubs that get constant grief, I would put Newcastle quite low down. Yeah, so I don't until, know why, until now. Until now. But that's Jake's opening gambit there is, as always at this club, people are sniping from the sidelines. Not even as always. No, since they got taken over by the Saudi royal family, people have been sniping from the sidelines with justifiably. People he's, have raised justified points about how that is a bad thing to have happened. But we know he this. He differs though, doesn't he? He's
4: clarified and it. He, and he's not, he knows this.
6: Everybody knows this it's just his mouth ran away with him he says that I appreciate how this clip looks let me be absolutely clear though Eddie Howe had just left us moments before this which is rest in peace Eddie Howe um, <laughs> we're talking about him and my praise my use of they was aimed squarely and only at him and his staff well he didn't say that that though. is that's not what that's, he that's not said not the words that came out no, of his mouth they, they were
5: about... <laughs> who <laughs> when does Eddie Howe get sniped out from the side exactly. oh Bournemouth relegated again but he's doing a great job isn't the he most, oh, what a lovely guy he's the most man in the world nobody hates Eddie Howe even even that's why he's the perfect uh, sponge for this sports washing project because even when he's there going like oh no I don't want to answer any questions about that people are like oh well he's only Eddie Howe isn't he Why or should we be, be mean to Eddie Howe it's nothing, nothing to do with him he's just on the payroll
6: <laughs> he's just there he is just earning millions off the back of it <laughs> Don't worry about it though. It is nice not, re- not really his he? fault, is it?
5: He's, he'll have a glass of wine with Jake Humphrey later, so none of that makes sense anyway.
6: Anyway, I had a bit of a look down Jake's uh, social media feeds, Moscow. I just took. Can I? Can I just ask more before we get into this? Is he being an unbearable twat? Well, this is this is the sort of thing he, he shares on Instagram, which is good. News. It's great news for us as Leeds fans because oh, okay. we're, we're very worried about. Relegation and that sort of stuff. So he says, May and June will be filled with good news. Sorry, May and June, two months. Two months, yeah. Two months. So I guess right. it'll be sign-ins and stuff in June. Uh, we're filled with good news, growth, many blessings, new experiences, healing, and love. I and feel, I and feel that, like there's going to be more healing than anything else. And, that, and that's for everyone in May and June,
5: right? So, that, so that's good news. And literally, nothing bad will happen to anybody in the world. So he's he's put for two months. He's put Correct. that big, if true. He's
6: put that on
4: Instagram for everybody on Instagram to read.
5: Yep. Bloody hell! Or is it one? Is it everybody in the world? Or do you have to like forward that to five people for it to happen? <laughs> or something.
6: And if it if it doesn't, then your dog dies. That's that's the that's the sort of thing. Yes. So if you are in a situation where good things aren't happening to you in May and June, <laughs> blame Jake. Well, well, no, it'll be your own you, fault blame, for not. Uh, I was going to say, blame yourself. Blame yourself. <laughs> that's the thing because we have choices in life. You can do it. Put yourself out there. Be vulnerable. Expect to fail at times. Not please all. Believe. Feel the pain, but also the thrill. Or we can stand still on the sidelines, sniping, sneering, passing judgment, feeling empty. What's your choice?
5: <laughs> Not to go on you delivered that
6: You delivered that final line in such an annoying way, I just need to say,
5: <laughs> by the way. It was your choice to go on BT sport and just say really stupid things? <laughs> and Is then that part of being vulnerable?
6: And then claim you didn't.
5: Yes. Yes, be vulnerable, expect to fail, and don't expect to please everybody, but believe in yourself. But as soon as anybody says anything, start whining on and releasing a
6: fucking statement about it. Put yourself out there. Why not praise a country (laughs) that has an abysmal record for pretty much everything? Why not do that?
5: Or praise Eddie Howe, who has an abysmal record for pretty much everything.
6: (laughs) Well, he's done a remarkable job to turn it round with only £120 million spent or something in January. I do have to say, when you
4: first started reading that out then, I thought he was channelling Ice Cube when he said, we have choices in life, you can do it, put your back into it, and so on. Well, there we go. Is that propaganda
6: for this week then? (sighs) Yeah. Talk about Jake Cumprey, Moscow. <laughs> I feel like you've got so much to say on him. <laughs> Propaganda extra this week, by the way, if, you've, um, if, oh, you're, if you're TSP Plus. I've got, um, it's not Jake, but he's, he's kind of an equivalent of Jake, who was the guy I, I was mentioned last time I was forced I, to listen to it at ITV. I bet this guy and Jake follow each other on LinkedIn. Almost certainly. Repost each other's stuff. Yeah. Great inspirational thing. Great inspirational quotes. Um, he, I did notice as well, I went back to Jake's Instagram and just watched some videos and the first one I clicked on was him talking about Nelson Mandela (laughs) I feel like there's a lot uh, there's a long way to go with um, a long road to freedom (laughs) yes (laughs) dear me well right if
5: Jake really wants to be able to fully understand Nelson Mandela's experiences could we put him in jail for a few decades
6: (laughs) I think that would be perfectly fair
5: just away from us (laughs) Just, I, I think, and then when he'd, he comes out, he'll be
6: up for it. Up for he it. likes an uncomfy chair. We know yeah. that much.
5: When he comes out, he can tell everybody all about it. But hopefully, by then, like we'll all be dead. I'll, I'll be dead <laughs> and gone, and he won't bother me anymore, and it'll be absolutely fine. I feel like that's a good arrangement. I I promise to to die while Jake Humphrey is in captivity, <laughs> if he will just submit to giving me a few years of peace first. I deal, Jake.
6: <laughs> You never, you never know if he relegates Newcastle in a future year, or says something bad about the owners. Maybe it will happen to him. Who knows? They don't uh, like, they don't like a dissenting voice. Do they? No. Uh, there you go. Then. Which is why they get Eddie Howe. That wraps it up for propaganda for this week. At least we
4: got a laugh there. We got a laugh at the in the end, didn't we? Which is well, as Jake Humphrey all would all about. say, if you're not laughing, you're crying. Yes. Flip over to propaganda extra if you are a TSB Plus member as well. We'll have a little bit more for you there. The stuff we couldn't accommodate in this show. Oh. All the fun of the fair. We'll see you in a bit.
3: The Square Ball Podcast.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.